Welcome to Women in Venture Capital. I'm Roshvina, a student at Harvard Business School with prior experience in finance and more recently venture capital in Africa. And I am Anvita, Harvard Business School class of 22. I've actively worked in VC and tech startup space. Our mission at Women in Venture Capital is simple: increase the representation of women in the VC industry through awareness and engagement. So join us as we engage with women establishing their presence in VC. Our guest today is Tia Thompson. Tia is a vice president at Visible Hands, a VC fund with a 14-week virtual first fellowship program that supports overlooked talent in building technology startups by providing company building services and investments. She has prior experience working in design at iFactory, Scout, and Boston Chamber of Commerce and the US Census Bureau. She is passionate about positive and progressive change, which she hopes to bring through her career. Thank you so much for being on the show with us today, Tia. It's it's really nice to have you. I am so happy to be here. So, um as I mentioned in your intro, you have extensive experience in design. Um did you envision yourself going along that route for your whole career and how did the design slash VC combo happen? You know, I I really do think I saw myself continuing down the design path because it was what I knew and what I was familiar with and also what I surrounded myself with. And I also really do enjoy design, but I this is very retrospective now. I can see it looking back, but I think I didn't quite realize it in the time. But throughout my formal design training and design experience, I felt this kind of constant craving for thinking more broadly, becoming more holistic, becoming more generalist. Um and for example in undergrad I started off just doing graphic design which was mainly print and media and then, you know, very quickly checked that off the list and said, "Okay, what's next?" And so I picked up UI UX design and learned how to design complex digital UX and designing for mobile and then you know once i learned that i found myself asking again okay what's next and i dove really deeply into a field which is somewhat newer in design called service design where i learned how to think and design experiences and services on a really much higher level so not just thinking about the digital touch points that people experience but really more broadly uh in any service or experience you know the physical environment around them the people that they interact with the more extended timeline of that interaction thinking in days or weeks or months rather than just minutes uh and thinking about that broadly in systems understanding how different component parts affect one another and i really found the thinking to be really really fun and challenging so this constant desire to be thinking bigger and bigger and and really thinking in systems um something was driving me towards being more holistic however i never would have thought vc was the answer to that uh the community of people that i was around really you know designers creative folks we didn't talk about vc very much uh and it wasn't until my former boss actually justin kang who's one of our co-founders and gps looped me into this new project that he and some of his, some of his friends were working on uh, at the time didn't even have a name yet visible hands was uh not really in existence quite yet and in those early days 
I got brought on to help volunteer at a co-working space, basically on Sundays, uh, helping them out with whatever it is they I, that I could provide, whether that was, you know, early, early pitch deck design for them or making our first website. And eventually those responsibilities grew and I joined full time in August of 2020 as employee number one. I got to maintain a lot of those hands-on design responsibilities, like the collateral, uh, like our website, like marketing. But really, I also got to jump in right away into solving many other problems, which I think helped to satisfy that craving that I have about you know, solving big problems um, and big systems thinking. So whether that was the selection process and designing that out, figuring out you know, the question of who makes a good founder, who has the potential to be a good founder, these really tough questions that no one has great answers to, uh, or also just the design of the fellowship itself. So figuring out how can we make sure that the fellows get, you know, a world-class experience in our very first cohort. So that is the the long answer to the question, which was I never saw myself in VC, uh, but now that I'm here, it's it's been a lot of fun. This is truly fascinating, Tia, and something that comes across as super unique um, and super intriguing in a way because this is a very new way of approaching VC, which is a design and VC combo. So super exciting. Um, Would love to know a little bit more about this fellowship program that allows visible hands to be proactive with company building. Yeah, so our fellowship program, and we were really intentional about what we wanted from this program when we were designing it out. One of the things that we knew we wanted to avoid was doing an over-curriculumed program or you know, really forcing the fellows through a strict, this is what you're going to do in week one, this is what you're going to do in week two because we weren't trying to put anyone back in school. Uh, We didn't think that that was where we were going to provide the most value. And so in asking ourselves that question, okay, how can we provide the most value to our founders? The answer were a few things throughout this 14 weeks. So one, no strict curriculum, but we still offer programming. Uh, So that can look like office hours with some really amazing experts in, in their fields, Uh, That can also look obviously like fireside chats or other kind of speaker events. All of these, however, we wanted to ensure were completely optional. And so if our founders don't feel like something applies to them, they do not need to show up. Uh, And we highlight that because we just wanted to make sure that that people were feeling like they were spending their time the most effectively, uh, that they were spending hopefully the majority of their time just focusing on building their company. We didn't want anything visible hands related to come in and disrupt that. The other side of it, uh, which I think is a little bit more unique, uh, when we say hands-on support, we really, really mean it. So we get to do one-on-one check-ins with every single fellow in the program every week, which is a really great way to obviously get a pulse check on where they're at, but also get a pulse check on how we can be the most helpful and most supportive to them. And so that's a question that we ask every single week to every one of our fellows is, okay, how can Visible Hands be supportive to you? And many times, if a fellow has an ask, I might not be the person to solve that problem for them. And so it does become a full team effort of, okay, you need help Uh, figuring out your pitch or figuring out how to tell your story. We have just the person on our team who can help you do that. And we help to connect those, uh, connect the dots there. And so the 
other side of it too, which I, I think follows sort of like a mini agency model is the project requests or projects that we actually get to complete for our founders. And so this can look like a lot of things, which you know, we can do market research, we can do competitive analysis, or the things that I get to oversee and lead are the design function, which that can be landing pages or prototypes or brand design, packaging design, you name it. Uh, basically anything that our fellows need that will be valuable to them and their business, uh, they can submit that as a project request and we will staff it up and basically do it for them agency style. And so I think this is one of the ways that I like to think we provide a lot of value uh, because people are walking away with really tangible support on you know, things that are difficult to get done in the early stages when you don't necessarily have a full team to support you. So having seen the many startups that you just spoke about come through, what is one advice you would give to founders um, who are building the company or fundraising in this current environment? I was thinking a lot about this question and I really, I think that the most important thing right now, especially when so many folks are virtual and kind of stuck in their homes is community and really the importance of community and hearing people's different perspectives and different opinions. I think this is also one of those things that being in the Visible Hands Fellowship uh, provides for our founders is maybe our number one value, I think, is just being able to connect together really, really incredible, amazing talent and watching the magic that they create on their own uh, very organically outside of anything that we are organizing. Our founders are meeting together to talk about whatever problems they're facing, um, meeting together even just to socialize or to provide that emotional support to one another because being a founder is, as much as we glamorize being a founder, it's really, really lonely and really difficult at times. Um, And so I think, yeah, my advice basically is that seek out community and and really look for different perspectives. I, I think being open to changes and advice from other people can be really, really helpful. Because uh, sometimes when you're so passionate about building something, you you have your blinders on and you're just really focused in on creating the thing that you think the world needs to have. Uh, and sometimes it can be hard to really accept other advice or uh, hear out other people's thoughts when they say, maybe you should be doing this, or, you know, maybe have you thought about it this way? And I think when you surround yourself with community and you're open-minded and hearing their opinions, that can be really, really helpful because, you know, in the grand history of startups, there are very, very few who moved forward with the very first idea that they ever came up with. There's always so many iterations and I think it just is so important to kind of put yourself in the position to be ready to pivot or change or iterate. Uh, and I say this because we work with such early stage companies who, even if they came in with an idea or even with an early product, that open-mindedness and receptiveness to feedback really sets people apart uh, when they are moving and growing really quickly. Can't agree more because Having lived a founder journey myself, it definitely is a lonely journey, like you rightly said. And just being able to rely and depend on all your networks, be it other founders in the ecosystem or your advisors in terms of investors or um, other stakeholders and partners in the journey. I think that's only smart advice to 
um, not do the same pitfalls or just ensure that you're not returning the wheels and just learning from what's already there and being open to ideas so totally echo that and that's a very fair advice that you've mentioned to founders um switching gears a little bit uh, you seem to have a passion for inclusivity and social engagement can you tell us about how you pursue these objectives both in and outside the workplace yeah so obviously with visible hands mission our tagline really is inclusion improves innovation so i think Uh, the idea of inclusion is really really key to what we're doing at visible hands and so i think i've talked a bit about the external role where we invest in underrepresented founders and we support them through this fellowship program uh so obviously we're pushing for inclusivity in the greater tech sphere uh through this through this program uh internally though i also lead our culture matrix in our internal team which for us basically means thinking through what are our core values what is our mission what is our vision what are the steps that we want to take to bring all of those things to life to make sure that it's not just something that we're writing down on a piece of paper and sharing with employees when they're getting onboarded but something that we practice every single day and that can be reflected in our actions and especially in the actions of our leaders and so that's something that we've been thinking about as we're still a pretty small team uh and we're continuing to grow and we're growing pretty quickly and so something we want to make sure that is just at the foundation for us is diversity equity and inclusion which especially in this last year has become such a you know just a a topic that everyone is talking about and i think to varying degrees of success i think for some it really is just a bunch of talking points and for others people have really committed to making changes within their workplace we are really lucky to be starting off as early as we are with already a very diverse team uh but i think that it's something that we want to make sure is in the foundation as we continue to grow is that this workplace is great to work at for anybody everybody no matter you know background creed uh gender race anything like that and so that's yes this is something i've been putting a lot of thought into will continue to put a lot of thought into as far as how we make sure that our workplace is super super inclusive uh especially not actually only when people are hired but after they have started and after they've been there for months or years that it continues to feel like an inclusive place for them to be uh outside of the workplace obviously as we are both participating in all raise uh that's another way that I like to pursue this i'm the cohort's captain now which really all raises goals aiming to amplify female voices across tech and so i think there's a lot of alignment there as far as uh what visible hands is doing what i personally feel is um maybe my my mission on in this world is to improve inclusivity across tech uh and then also just the my participation in all raises which has introduced me to so many amazing women who are trying to push for more inclusivity across the tech sphere as well I was definitely going to mention that you've been leading our team um in the Boston cohort um for all raise which is amazing. So just in the realm of, you know, inclusivity, um I want to talk a little bit more about gender bias and 
ask you if you personally have experienced any kind of gender bias during your career in BC. And I know it's it's relatively, um, you know, like early on, but as someone very committed to inclusivity, what recommendations um, do you have to potentially improve the industry's position when it relates to gender dynamics? And you mentioned some of it at your own workplace, but would love to know more, uh, more of your thoughts around that. Yeah, so you you mentioned I have been very, very lucky that my first role in VC is at a mission-driven organization that puts diversity and inclusion at its core. And so to be honest, I can't point out any specific examples of gender bias that I have experienced at my current role because the team surrounding me has just been so amazing and supportive. Uh, but for the second question, uh, you know, recommendations that I can make to improve VC's position uh, around gender dynamics. I think that it's the same as any other industry, more or less, uh, as far as my recommendations go. Foundation and starting off on the right foot is really, really important and something that I even like to stress to early stage founders, early stage companies, that you can't make this a second priority. There's always going to feel like there's something that's more important. When you're building a company, you, you know, you're thinking about getting customers, you're thinking about uh, doing the prototype and actually getting that built or so many other kind of priorities, fundraising. Um, in VC, there's always going to be other priorities where this will feel like you know, we'll do this next quarter, we'll do this next quarter. But I find that people who get stuck in this cycle of saying, we'll deal with this next quarter. First off, you're never going to deal with it. Secondly, the longer it takes for you to address the bias that you might have in your workplace or address the ways that you can improve, the harder it's going to get. Because every single day that your workplace culture is not inclusive, it's not diverse, it's not equitable, then the harder it is to kind of change that culture moving forward. So for many, many VCs, I think are thinking about this more and more, which I love, uh, but I really encourage people to go from thinking about it to then actually doing something about it. And when they make these commitments to hold themselves accountable to it, and to figure out when they're making those commitments, exactly how can I be holding myself accountable? How can I be measuring this? You know, will I be measuring it monthly, quarterly, yearly, whatever it is? Set that goal for yourself and then make sure that you're not just writing it down once and never looking at it again, but that it is really a continued commitment because it is just so important. Obviously, like I mentioned, Visible Hands tagline inclusion improves innovation. We really genuinely do believe this um, that you're whether that's an early stage startup or a VC firm, you will be better if your employee's workforce is diverse and has a diverse perspective of thought. Um, and so really taking all the steps that you need to to get there, I think is just uh, so critical and never put it on the back burner. It has to be top of mind. It's definitely something we've heard from uh, a lot of our guests on the show. Awesome. And that wraps up our um, series of questions. But we always like to ask this one final question to our guests on the show. Personally or professionally, have you had a, a role model in your life? And who would that be? Yes. And not to 
continue just calling out the amazing team around me at Visible Hands. But Yasmin Cruz Farine, who is one of our co-founders and general partners, is this amazing woman of color who is just such a great role model, role model to me. She obviously co-founded Visible Hands. And so I respect her and admire her so much for that. But also getting to work with her has been such a pleasure. She really knows how to lead very warmly and very friendly, but still get stuff done, which I think for me, I think there's always been this kind of struggle as what it means to lead as a woman. Like do, you know, the the kind of argument of do I adopt more quote, quote, masculine traits so that people will take me more seriously? Do I need to be more confident and aggressive? Uh, or do I need to be extra nice and friendly so people will like me? And I think that there's always this, um, this struggle that as I'm trying to figure out how to be a leader, especially how to be a female leader, I am asking myself all of these questions all the time. And then I think more recently, I've just sort of been thinking like, look at Yasmin. She is her true authentic self, just this amazing, bubbly, kind person who still also is an amazing female leader. Uh, and I just really hope to emulate that one day, you know, able to just be my true authentic self, not to worry about what it is that I should be doing, or um, if I'm being too nice, or if I'm not being nice enough, like all of these questions that I think we go through as women. Um, and she just, you know, just shows up every day, really empowers all of us to do our best work. Uh, and also is just such a real human. Like you can just sit down with her and rant if you need to, and she's there to listen. So I think she just is just such a pinnacle of women, female leadership that I hope to emulate. She does sound like a pretty nice role model to have. And I love the fact that you've said so many good things about visible hands, which means you're having a great experience. So that's always good to hear. Um, thank you so much, Tia, for being on the show with us today. You are our first guest post the launch of our website. Mm -hmm. So we are very excited about that. And I hope um, you had a great time also just being on the show. And I'm sure our listeners will enjoy this conversation as well. Yes, thank you so much. This was such a great time.